Hello there, and welcome to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. In this final episode of the second series of the Let's Get Sexy podcast, we're going to be reading the final chapter, chapter 6 of The Country Cottage by A.A. Dirty Old Man in PHX 1. It's been a very wild ride, and I have to say, I wasn't quite prepared for the content of this story as it's unravelled over the last five episodes. And had I known ahead of time, had I read the story in advance, maybe I wouldn't have chosen this one to be the second series of the podcast. But there we go. As you know, I don't read the story ahead of time. That's part of the fun of it for me. And I hope it's an element which adds a little bit of fun for you, the listener, as well, to know that I'm reading the story out loud for the first time to you. And so the reaction you get from me at the end is my genuine reaction off the back of having just read the story. And I suppose that just means that sometimes we're going to start reading a story and it's going to get very weird and put us in some pretty uncomfortable places for me as a reader and for you as a listener. Again, I'm assuming a lot. Uh, Perhaps you're not uncomfortable with this stuff. Perhaps it's par for the course for you and you're really into reading this type of literature. And I don't even want to say that that's a particularly unusual thing. I think, especially when you look at the big porn sites like Pornhub. um, Actually, Pornhub's really the only one that I know about. That's my go-to anyway. But I've noticed in, I I guess, the last five or ten years even, that the front page of that website is full of incest stories, mostly to do with step-siblings or step-mothers. That seems to be a really popular dynamic, a fantasy that's quite widespread among the porn-consuming community. I suppose it is a community of sorts. I don't know how much interaction there is between individual members of the community, but certainly it's a group of people with a shared interest in wanking to things that they see on the internet. So I don't know. I can only really speak for myself in that I find the content of this story quite shocking and a little bit disturbing. It's taken me to some quite uncomfortable places reading some of the lines in this story. But as I've discussed before, I'm not necessarily the most experienced when it comes to the broad spectrum of eroticism. I'm pretty much a vanilla type of guy if I'm honest. So reading the stories for me is also fun from a perspective of that I learn quite a lot about what people, what I guess people think is arousing or what people find arousing. It's a real education for for someone like me. As you know, there's a geeky side of me which likes to go over the stats for some reason at the beginning of each chapter and the stats for chapter six of The Country Cottage are as follows. There are 3.7 thousand words It's got a 4.65 star rating, which means it is a H for Hot story. It's had 18,000 views, and 16 of those 18,000 liked the story, so that's less than one in a thousand. (laughs) But I don't think that's necessarily, you know, not everybody who reads an erotic story feels like they have to officially like it through the platform. You know, some people are fine with liking things in their head and just having a private endorsement within the confines of their own psyche. To briefly recap on where we got to last time in the story, Dan and Lisa had a bit of a shock the morning after their first experience in the playpen when the next morning they discovered that the usual priest 
who was due to officiate the wedding ceremony that's going to go on in the afternoon wasn't able to make it and standing in for them is going to be Lisa's uncle Richard who is a bishop and her aunt Judith who is uncle Richard's wife of course they had what Lisa was very worried would be an awkward meeting between them before the wedding but actually it turned out and I think this is thanks to Dan and his ability to take charge of the situation actually it wasn't a particularly awkward meeting once it got going yeah there was a little bit of awkwardness at the beginning but essentially things pretty quickly became sexual Although it was mostly an almost softcore foreplay session with a bit of dry humping, I guess you would call it, between Uncle Richard and Lisa and between Aunt Judith and Dan, I think Aunt Judith showed him her breasts. And just at the end of the chapter, Lisa was, oh yes, she was wanking off Uncle Richard, who, who asked her quite up front, said, I want you to wank it. And she was very happy to go along with that. And I think, meanwhile, Dan was just pulling down Aunt Judith's drawers. <laughs> I think they called her underwear drawers. And he was about to start fingering her. Maybe he'd already had a, a little quick feel. I'm not sure how far that had got. I think the weirdest thing to take away from the last chapter was that the dynamic between Aunt Judith and Dan is a bit of a weird one. It's a little bit of a role play where Aunt Judith is pretending to be Lisa's mother because Dan has a bit of a crush on his wife's mum, his mother-in-law. So Aunt Judith is pretending to be her sister, Dan's mother-in-law, Lisa's mother. And that's the fantasy element to it. That's the role play that they're doing. So we left things with the foreplay just building up and I think we're going to probably rejoin that scene and see how far that goes. The subtitle for this chapter is Dan and Lisa both fulfill some fantasies, which I think leaves it pretty open. A little bit of an ambiguous subtitle, doesn't give too much away. So with that in mind, I really hope you enjoy the final episode of Series 2, The Country Cottage, Chapter 6. The country cottage The country cottage Yeah The wedding Dan I couldn't believe what Aunt Judith was saying and doing as her fingers slid under the edge of my boxes and brushed over my balls. My dick was throbbing and ready to explode. Your mouth. I want to come in your mouth first, I managed to gasp while quickly glancing over to Lisa. Her eyes were glazed over as her uncle fingered her pussy and she slowly stroked his massive cock, her tits swaying in rhythm with every stroke. Judith pulled my shorts down over my knees and held my dick upright while she flicked the head with the tip of her tongue. As I touched the back of her head, she tenderly lowered her lips around me until her nose pressed against my belly. As she slowly pulled back, she ran her teeth ever so lightly over the already sensitive skin, sending a spasm of pleasure throughout my body. All the while, she kept her eyes locked on mine. Oh God, that's incredible, I groaned feeling another drop of pre-cum seeping out the tip of my dick. There was no doubt in my mind that I was about to flood Aunt Judith's mouth and throat with my sperm. The devilish look in her eyes told me she wanted every drop, 
and for her husband and my wife to see every detail. Just as I was about to explode, she pulled her lips off my dick and squeezed my balls, momentarily stemming the tide of my jism. God has nothing to do with that little trick, she cooed coyly, licking the length of my throbbing dick before looking back at me, but I think you would like to know how I learned that, and a few other things we haven't got to quite yet. Do tell, Aunt Judith, how did you learn to give such an incredible blowjob? I grimaced, trying hard not to shoot my cum all over her hand and face right then. With a glance to my side, I could see a stream of pre-cum drizzling from Richard's dick. Lisa kept stroking him faster and faster as his fingers filled her pussy. I knew from the way her legs trembled that she was very close to her own orgasm. I smiled at her and nodded my head, giving her the last permission she might need to take her uncle's massive cock into her cunt before he started to come in her hand. My sister Edith, you know, Lisa's mother, taught me how to do that, Judith moaned, and squeezed my balls again. The girls in Catholic school are always the best fucks, aren't they, Richard? Being all repressed and such. Richard grinned and pinched my wife's tits a little harder, his face starting to flush as his own climax built. Oh yes, dear, all you girls from Catholic school were always so happy to do whatever we wanted, and your sister was one of the best fucks of them all, he said. Lisa and I looked at each other in shock at this newest revelation, one that would never have occurred to either of us. Then a smile crept across my face, followed by a low moan when Judith slid my dick deep into her throat once again, before she continued. Come closer, dear, so you can get a better look. She beckoned to my wife before holding my dick out and licking my balls. I looked at Lisa again, a low moan escaping her lips as she stepped out of her panties. Uncle Richard undid the zipper on my wife's skirt and it joined the rest of her clothing in a heap on the floor. Now, fully naked, Lisa stepped up next to me, still holding her uncle's large, thick dick in one hand. I could clearly see the fingertips of one of his hands swirling around in the dripping folds of my wife's cunt while he pinched and pulled one of her erect nipples with the other. Lisa was panting heavily, aroused by her uncle playing with her clit, her aunt flagrantly sucking me off in front of her and anticipating the details about her own mother's perversions. I smiled and nodded, wordlessly giving my approval to do whatever else she wanted or needed to do. Her return smile gave me the same. Anyway, Edith met Father John during her final year in high school, after a confession, I imagine. John liked her so much he introduced her to Richard, and together they taught her quite a bit, Judith continued, and swirled her finger around my asshole while licking the length of my rigid dick. When I caught her masturbating one day, she told me all about it, and then introduced me to them both. This blowjob technique is one of John's favourites, and is Richard's as well. After she met Oliver, however, everything changed, and we grew apart. My dick was throbbing, as much as from what she was saying as it was from what she was doing to me. Lisa looked shocked, but the flush of her building orgasm was clearly visible on her face. And now, Dan, I do believe I need to get back to business, Judith cooed, and again took my cock into her mouth until her nose bumped against my stomach. I was right on the edge of coming when I looked towards my wife. Her uncle stepped behind her, and while my jism began filling Aunt Judith's mouth, I heard Lisa screech the beginning of her own climax, as her uncle's long, thick cock plunged deep into my wife's welcoming cunt. "'Ah, there you are,' Carol said, with a chuckle, as she opened the door to the room we were in. "'The wedding ceremony will begin shortly, Richard, so we really do need you to come along.' Carol stood in the doorway, grinning broadly, completely naked, except for a white rose in her hair. Richard looked up at her from where he sat with Lisa on his lap. 
his cock had deflated and slipped out of Lisa's pussy, along with a growing puddle of his semen. Yes, of course, Richard muttered, helping Lisa to her feet as he stood up. He gave her a gentle pat on the ass before passing by Carol as he walked from the room without bothering to get dressed. Droplets of his cum dribbled down the inside of my wife's thighs as she stood next to me, smiling shyly. Will this be the usual ceremony? Judith asked, looking up from between my legs where she was licking the last of my cum from my flaccid dick, a crusty smear on her cheek. Just like always, my dear, Carol said, with a twinkle in her eye. Since her father couldn't be here, Bob will accompany her down the aisle in the playpen. I'm really pleased to see you all have apparently worked out your differences. Anyway, the ceremony begins in about thirty minutes, so you have time to clean up. She smiled again impishly, turned and walked from the room. My cock twitched a little, watching her tits and ass sway with every step. Judith stood and wiped her mouth with the back of her hand. Come along. We have enough time for a quick shower, she said, extending a hand to both Lisa and me, leading us to her bedroom. What about our clothes for the ceremony? Lisa asked as we dried each other. You're already wearing all that you need, Judith laughed, tweaking one of Lisa's erect nipples, except for one of the flowers Carol left on the dresser. You mean everyone will be naked for the ceremony? I asked incredulously. Most certainly, Judith responded, and fussed with the placement of the flower in Lisa's hair. After all, we're all family here. And, Dan, please make a point of fucking one or both of the bridesmaids. They're both ovulating, and we can always use a little genetic diversity in the family. Lisa and I just stared at her with our mouths agape at that comment. We didn't have any children of our own, although I'd always tested as normal. But, but, Lisa sputtered. Standard procedure, my dear, Judith murmured. One of them is already married, and the other will be soon, so that's not a problem. If Dan happens to get one or both of them pregnant, it's actually a great service to the family. So let's go. With that, Judith pinched the head of my dick with one hand and one of Lisa's nipples with the other before turning and leading us out of the door and to the ceremony. The playpen was really crowded when we walked in. A wide mix of ages and sizes and sexes arrayed around the room. There was a single bed off to the side, on a low platform at one end of the room. The rest of the platforms from the night before were pushed off to the sides of the room. A table against one wall was filled to overflowing with food and drink. Richard nodded at Judith as we walked in, and raised his voice to address the crowd. If I can have your attention, please. It's time to begin, he intoned. The crowd grew quiet as two young men and two young women stepped up on the platform with Richard. Lisa gripped my hand tightly, looking at them, toned and totally naked. Both guys were fairly well endowed, and the girls, one blonde, the other with black hair, were stunning. They each had a yellow rose in their hair. My, my, it looks like you really have to sacrifice yourself for the good of the family, Lisa whispered to me with a giggle and gave my ass a playful slap. You wouldn't want me to disappoint your aunt now, would you? I responded with a chuckle as my cock stiffened, admiring the girl's perky tits, taut asses and neatly trimmed cunt hair. Men, Lisa replied with a somewhat less playful slap. Maybe I'll fuck the best man and groomsman then too. I just smiled to myself at that actually kind of liking the idea of seeing some young dicks penetrating my wife's mouth and pussy. Just then, Harry, the groom, stepped onto the platform and looked down towards the door. The crowd grew silent and turned to watch the bride approach. Nora looked stunning as well. She had a red rose in her hair and a lacy white garter belt halfway up her right thigh. Unlike the night before, her pussy was shaved, completely bare. She approached the raised platform slowly, arm in arm with Bob. The ceremony itself was rather traditional, 
not surprising since it was conducted by a Lutheran bishop, with one notable exception. After the vows, Richard smiled and addressed the newlyweds. You may now fuck the bride, he said, with a bright smile as the crowd murmured their approval. Nora and Harry grinned at each other before she turned and bent over the single bed with her legs spread wide. Her smooth pussy already glistened with her juices as Harry stroked himself hard. The crowd cheered as he plunged his dick into Nora's cunt, humping her wildly until his back arched and he shot his cum into her for the first time as her husband. When Harry was done, Richard stepped up behind Nora and quickly added his sperm to the semen already filling her pussy. Bob was next, followed by the best man and the other groomsmen, and two other young men that I didn't recognise. When the last of them stepped away, Nora stood grinning brightly, a veritable flood of cum seeping from her pussy and down the inside of her thighs. Quite the family tradition, isn't it? Alice said from behind me as she softly ran her hand over my ass. We're always naked at a family wedding, and the bride fucks her husband, the official conducting the ceremony, her father, the groomsman, and any brothers to seal the union. We do the same for renewal of vows. Of course, there will be others during the reception that follows. That's quite the tradition, I groaned, my dick already more than half hard from watching. Lisa and Alice led me to one of the tables for something to drink. As we stood there, the bridesmaids approached me, grinning devilishly. You're Dan, aren't you? the blonde asked, stepping close enough to me that her erect nipples almost touched my chest. I'm Sophie, and this is Liz. Aunt Judith told us to come and get acquainted with you. I felt Lisa tense next to me before Alice took her arm and led her away to another group of people I didn't recognise. The two girls moved to either side of me and hooked their arms in mine. Yeah, we want to get to know you a lot better, Liz cooed, pressing her tits against my side as the two of them led me out of the playpen into another room down the hall with a queen-sized bed. By the time we entered, my dick was rock hard. So, Sophie giggled as they pushed me down on my back, how long do you think it will take for you to get hard and come inside Liz after you fuck me? It turned out to be about 25 minutes. I started to come inside Sophie almost immediately when she climbed on top of me and lowered herself down onto my dick. Her cunt was warm and wet. As Sophie rode me up and down, faster and faster, Liz fingered her clit until she shrieked an orgasm. Her pussy tightened around my cock, sucking even more of my cum into her. When her climax ended, she rolled on her side and put her legs up over her head. It took me a moment to realise she did that so my cum didn't leak out of her right away. Almost immediately, Liz went to work on my dick and balls with her mouth, licking up the remains of my cum and Sophie's juices. I quivered when she gently touched my asshole. Do you like that, getting your ass played with? She asked, swirling a fingertip around the tight sphincter. Oh yeah, a lot, I managed to moan. Liz spat on her finger and gently pushed it inside my ass. I relaxed and enjoyed the feeling as she found my prostate. My brother doesn't like to do this, she murmured, sliding a second finger inside me. But my dad showed me how to make a guy feel really good. Just tell me when you're ready to come so you can shoot inside my pussy. It didn't take very long at all. She slid my dick into her mouth and a third finger into my ass. Within a few minutes, I was ready to come again. Now, I'm very close now, I gasped. Liz climbed on me, slipped my cock into her dripping wet pussy, and rolled onto her side so I was on top of her. Fuck me hard, fuck me deep, oh yes, fuck me, she screamed, and wrapped her legs around my waist and locked her ankles as my cum shot into her cunt. Next to us, Sophie was furiously rubbing her clit, her hips thrashed as another orgasm racked her body. My cum flooded into Liz's cunt. 
the three of us walked back into the playpen, arm in arm. A full-scale orgy was in progress. Sophie and Liz looked around with impish grins, kissed me on the cheek, and wandered off to join in with the others. I stood by the refreshment table, drinking a beer, and trying to locate Lisa when Judith walked up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder. I turned, and was surprised to see her fully clothed. I'm so glad I caught you, Dan, she cooed and rubbed her hand over my chest. We need to get going, since Richard needs to conduct services in the morning, but I did chat with Lisa, and I hope we can get together real soon after you get back. I mumbled something about it being a great idea, as she leaned in closer and flicked her tongue into my ear. Besides, I can't wait for you to come in my cunt next, she said. With that she turned and walked out of the room, with Richard trailing behind her. I just watched her go, with a beer in my hand and my dick throbbing and hard again. A few minutes later, I finally spotted Lisa. She was on her back, with her legs in the air. A woman with dark hair had her face buried between Lisa's legs, while at the same time the woman was being fucked from behind by Harry. The two groomsmen stood either side of Lisa. She held their dicks in each of her hands and took turns sucking one and then the other into her mouth. When I walked over for a closer look, she looked up at me and smiled. Her legs began to quiver in the way I knew preceded her orgasm. She began thrashing her hips wildly against the other woman's face and groaned. The two young men took matters into their own hands and jerked themselves off on my wife's face and tits while she flailed and shrieked her climax. I couldn't believe how aroused I was watching Lisa. I was about to grab my own dick when I felt two hands snake around my waist, one engulfing my cock and the other my balls. I turned to see Alice pressing against me on one side, smiling wickedly. I do hope you have a moment, she muttered into my ear. We've been waiting to get a chance to be with you. We? I gasped as her hand squeezed my balls tightly. My brother and I, we both want to suck and fuck you. I turned the other way to see a smiling Ted whose hand was slowly stroking my throbbing dick. Although I had never touched or been touched by another man in such a way, it seemed perfectly normal in the moment. Ted and Alice dropped to their knees and started licking and sucking my dick. I watched Lisa clamp her knees around the woman licking her pussy as her climax peaked. Alice pulled back and fondled my balls as her brother swallowed my dick as deep as it could go in his throat. Fuck his face, Alice groaned while fingering her clit and cunt. Come in his mouth like it's my warm wet pussy, she said. My entire body quivered. I grabbed the back of Ted's head and jammed my cock in and out of his mouth as fast and hard as I could manage. He gagged a bit as my cum filled his mouth, but never pulled back and took in every drop of my semen. When my dick deflated, Ted turned and shared the cum filling his mouth with his sister. I glanced over to see Lisa smiling brightly. I took her hand, and we snuggled together while drinking a cold beer. All around us, other members of the family, our family now too, continued in the orgy, in pretty much every combination and position we could imagine, and a few I thought impossible. Take me to bed, Lisa moaned into my ear when she finished the beer. Lisa threw her arms around my neck and pulled me down on top of her as soon as we got into our room. She was incredibly aroused, digging her fingernails into my back as we kissed. I slowly slipped down her body, stopping to suck and nibble each of her tits, savouring some of the jism still crusted there. I pushed her legs up so I could lick her cunt, a few strings of some other man's semen oozed out of her, the aroma and the taste of that cum turning me on even more. Lisa writhed against my face, moaning lowly and pinching both of her nipples. After slipping two fingers into her pussy, I sucked her clit between my teeth. Her legs trembled, so I sucked harder, biting her swollen clit lightly. Fuck me, please fuck me, 
hard. Now, she moaned. My dick was rock hard and throbbing. I raised my head and started to crawl up to get on top of her, but stopped short. Ted stood next to the bed, with Lisa holding his rigid cock in one hand. Don't stop, baby, Lisa murmured. I want you to fuck me, but I also want to see his hard dick in your mouth up close at the same time. I looked up at a smiling Ted, and looked back down to his hard cock in my wife's hands. A drop of his pre-cum stretched towards her tits. I leaned towards and caught it on my tongue, slipped my lips around his cock, and slid my own dick into my wife's dripping pussy. My cum exploded in Lisa's cunt just seconds before Ted's semen filled my mouth. I found the mixed sweet and salty taste, as well as the sticky texture, surprisingly pleasant. Ted would not be the last man to come in my mouth. When Ted's dick deflated and it slipped from my mouth, I leaned down and kissed Lisa passionately, sharing the spent jism with her until it was completely dissolved in our mouths. Bravo! Very well done and extremely hot, I heard Alice cry out. She stood in the bathroom door, her arms draped over Sophie's shoulders as she swirled the young woman's nipples between her fingers. Come along, brother. This sweet young thing wants us to try out our strap-on, she explained, before looking directly at Lisa and me. You're both more than welcome to join us. We declined the invitation as Ted walked up to Sophie and Alice, groping the younger woman's crotch while he leaned over her and kissed his sister passionately. Then he walked around them into their bedroom. Sophie and Alice followed him, not bothering to close the doors to the bathroom. Lisa and I fell asleep, cuddling together to the sounds of Ted being repeatedly fucked by two women. Epilogue Lisa The trip back home was as anticlimactic as I expected, but overall, the vacation more than met my expectations, and especially my fantasies. I nuzzled under Dan's arm in the car, already getting wet, anticipating feeling his cock and cum filling my mouth or pussy, or both again, before we slept that night. You know, I whispered, after lightly biting his earlobe when we pulled into the parking garage at our apartment, maybe we should consider adopting, both a boy and a girl? And what do you think about inviting my mother over for cocktails one afternoon, next week? The End The Country Cottage The Country Cottage Okie dokie. Well, that was actually a, a bit of a sudden ending. I didn't expect it to end like that. I thought that we would get a bit more description from Lisa's point of view, but we really only got Dan's side of of all that. I felt like maybe there's something missing there. <laughs> I'm just go going back to make sure I didn't miss any. No, it just yeah. I guess in this chapter we stick with Dan, and then the epilogue is is Lisa's bit. And we we kind of only get quite scant details about what happens to Lisa at, I guess, what is a wedding reception of a sort. That's a little bit disappointing, I'll admit. I think it would have been nice to stick with the established format that we've had in this story, even if it does mean that there's a little bit of repetition sometimes. I expected us almost to have a section with Lisa where we went back and experienced the whole wedding from her point of view. I guess that's maybe something for the reader or the listener in this case to just imagine for themselves maybe a dirty old man in phx1 is hoping that there'll be some fan fiction filling in that blank <laughs> i'm certainly not going to write it but if you want to do that go ahead 
<laughs> maybe maybe that could be a bonus episode if somebody wants to do that interesting little bit of family history there i thought around lisa's mother edith seems like she is not completely unaware of what the rest of her family gets up to or at least what the rest of her sisters the family that her sister is married into gets up to and actually she was kind of the one who introduced them Lisa's mum and Father John had a not insubstantial liaison in the distant past. So I think we can assume that Lisa's mum knew all about the family and potentially even had the opportunity to join in with it. Maybe at one time she might have married Father John instead of Lisa's dad, Oliver. And that makes me wonder, was it a conscious choice by Lisa's mum to protect little Lisa from some of the exposure to hardcore sex that the children of this family are clearly exposed to from a very, very young age? Maybe that was a conscious choice to protect her family from some of that influence. I wonder how she would feel now knowing that despite her best efforts, Lisa, her little Lisa, her popsy, <laughs> has after all that after all her efforts been indoctrinated into the sex cult family after all i love the way they talk about lisa's mother as well like she's some sort of legendary rock star from a bygone era like some long lost hero according to uncle richard at least she was one of the best fucks of them all and it sounds like richard is not someone who is inexperienced when it comes to fucking it's not like he's got nothing to compare it to. He's, I, I assume, had sex with almost everyone in the family, especially being a high-ranking bishop. I imagine in this weird world of this family, like in any cult, you know, the higher your status within the ideological hierarchy, the more people you get to subjugate. It's just how these organizations work. So Lisa's mum, what a dark horse. Maybe that goes some way in explaining Dan's obsession with her. Maybe there's something about Lisa's mum and her past that Dan can just sense. He's got a kind of spidey sense of who gives a good blowjob. As I think we could all predict, Dan and Lisa had sex with Judith and Richard. Bit of a short-lived session, mercifully, I think. We didn't have to go into too much detail. And thankfully, well, there wasn't too much focus on the big age gap. There weren't so many cringy details in that little scene compared to last time, where I think that was a big factor. One impressive moment was when Judith managed to continue a conversation without really skipping a beat while she had Dan's cock in her mouth. That's quite a skill. I wonder if that's something that she learned from her sister. There were a couple of cringe moments for me just about the crusty dried semen that seemed to just kind of sit there on people's faces and bodies at various points. I thought it was quite funny that there's still a level of incredulity about the prospect of everybody being nude for the ceremony, especially even after they've seen Carol come out in the buff with just a flower in her hair. In a way, I feel like, well, what did Dan and Lisa expect? <laughs> of course everyone's going to be naked. That's probably the least weird thing about what is going on in this family. But they seem almost genuinely shocked by the idea. We did finally get an answer to something that I've been asking from the beginning in this story, which is how do they maintain the genetic diversity of the family? And we got a direct answer to that question. 
in that clearly there are people from outside the family, like Dan, who are encouraged to basically have the first shag with the women in the family who are ovulating in the hopes that they'll get pregnant with some genetic material from somebody who isn't a blood relative, which I guess is probably not the preference of the family but it's probably something which they've had to accept just from a practical point of view. Like, they don't want to turn into the McPoyle family, hanging around with enormous unibrows, sweating profusely and drinking milk in their underwear. I feel like there's a certain expectation in this family that everyone is attractive, and it seems like basically everybody is. Even the elderly people in, in the family are still very attractive people. And so, obviously, there is great care taken over the genealogy. But then again, maybe there are really ugly members of the family. And in fact, maybe they're mostly ugly. But the ugly ones are not invited to big orgy sessions like this wedding. Maybe. And they did say that there were thousands and thousands of members of the family and that it's a struggle to accommodate them at the cottage. So maybe there is a, an element of selecting only the cream of the crop to be involved in orgies like this one. I thought that there was a beautiful contradiction between the insistence that it was basically a traditional ceremony, apart from the fact that after the couple are married, everybody fucks the bride. <laughs> I thought that, isn't that the exact opposite of what a wedding is? Isn't a wedding basically about cementing your exclusivity as a couple? So it seems very odd to have that as a, a tradition. It almost, it seems very counterintuitive. And also, I, I suppose I feel a little bit sorry for Harry, who, yeah, sure, he gets to have the first go with his new wife, but then he has to make way for one, two, three, four five, six people to then immediately go in afterwards while he presumably just is on the sidelines watching. Nora's loving it. She's having a great time. Harry's just there, arms folded, checking his watch, like, when are we going to get to the canapes? It's a bit of a shame that he doesn't at least get to have sex with the bridesmaids or maybe even the bride's mother. That sounds like maybe the sort of thing this family would do <laughs> i don't know i'm coming up with all kinds of bizarre bullshit now bit of a surprise in a way that lisa and dan chose to go and have their own little aside in the bedroom uh i didn't expect ted to pop up though that was unexpected i thought when they went away into the bedroom that that was going to be just the two of them i guess the whole point of this experience was for dan and lisa to rekindle their relationship as a couple so I thought that was maybe a moment when we were going to see that that objective had been achieved. And then as Dan looks up from what he's been doing down between Lisa's legs, there's Ted just standing there with his cock out. And why not give him a blowjob? I mean, he gave you one, so that's only fair. <laughs> didn't, didn't seem like Dan was particularly into guys before. But in these circumstances, who can blame him? I don't know what the etiquette is around that. Is it bad manners if somebody sucks your cock and then they ask you to return the favour and you say no? Is that considered a faux pas in an orgy scenario? I mean, I guess I imagine that you can choose to consent to or not to consent to anything you'd like, but then there's what you're allowed to do versus what you're expected to do. 
So maybe there's an expectation that if you've had a blowjob, then you better get down there and suck that dick if you don't want to be rude. Again, in this chapter, all of the women seem to be cooing. Sophie cooed this, Judith cooed that. Funny that we don't hear Ted doing any cooing. He seems to be pretty fluid in terms of his sexual identity. I wonder if he ever coos. There was a great little moment in there that was a little bit Alan Partridge-esque, I thought, when Sophie asks Dan how long he thinks it will take for him to get hard and come inside Lisa after he fucks her. (laughs) And the next line is, it turned out to be about 25 minutes. (laughs) Oddly specific. I like to imagine that he took that question really seriously, and from the moment she asked that, he sort of got his digital watch out and started his stopwatch. And the second after he'd come for the second time with Liz, he was like, hang on, 25 minutes, thank you very much. Maybe the weirdest moment, although not necessarily the most disturbing or cringiest moment i think was when dan was having sex with lisa and also giving ted the blowjob at the same time and everybody climaxed together in this big synchronized orgasmic crescendo and alice pops out of nowhere (laughs) to say bravo very well done and extremely hot (laughs) like she's been watching the whole time peeping from behind the bathroom door but she decides to reveal herself at the end, just during the post-nut clarity phase, to deliver the most patronising line. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear bravo, well done, at the end of sex, do you? That's such a belittling compliment. That's like something you would say to a child after their first flute recital. I mean, I guess you wouldn't say that the flute recital was extremely hot, but you might say bravo, well done. Just another example of how the dialogue in these stories so far has been just a touch on the uncanny side. And I will say that The Country Cottage has been a little bit better in terms of dialogue than Lesbian Slave Island was. And I think there are some moments within The Country Cottage where the dialogue is a little bit better, but there's also times where it's very, very bad. And I think Bravo, Well Done and Extremely Hot, especially at that moment, is one of the finest jewels in the crown, which is this story's wonky dialogue factor. I want to repeat again that I thought it was disappointing that we didn't get things from Lisa's point of view. I even thought the epilogue was a little bit of a disappointment. It even mentions that the trip back home was anticlimactic. And I think, I don't know whether that's like the author being a little bit (laughs) self-aware that what they're writing is in itself anticlimactic. Um, But it certainly did leave a little bit to be desired. I think it would have been really interesting to see a little bit of what happened the morning afterwards. And we were denied that after the first time they entered the playpen as well. So we never really get to experience what it's like in the morning. Is it awkward? Is it uncomfortable? Do people acknowledge what happened the night before? Or is it something which is completely glanced over that nobody really mentions in the light of day? Maybe there's a bunch of innuendo and people are quite open and funny with it. And maybe even people are very open with it the whole time and there's there's zero shame and, and people talk quite plainly and matter-of-factly about what happened the night before. Maybe people are walking around going, hey, that was great last night. Really great to come inside your pussy. Oh, loved sucking your dick last night. Thought that was a good time. 
oh, I really like what you've done with your pubes. <laughs> You'll have to show me where you get that done. Who's your hairdresser? Maybe that's the kind of talk there is in the morning. Alas, we'll never know. The one thing, although, about the epilogue that I do want to talk about is the last paragraph, which I think is kind of fucked up, because it seems like, as a result of this experience, Lisa and Dan, who it seems like they never really wanted children, uh, are now thinking about adopting a boy and a girl. That's a little bit suspect. And the only reason I can think that Lisa would say that is because she's anticipating that they will follow in the family traditions and raise an adopted boy and a girl to have a sexual relationship from quite an early age with a view to getting married once they turn 18, which is kind of fucked up. I mean, there are problems with it if you're born into it, for sure. But to adopt somebody into the family only to then abuse them there's another level of evil there, I think. It's it's almost even worse. And I also have to say, where are they going to adopt these children from? Who in their right mind would give a child, let alone two children, to somebody who intends to indoctrinate those children into a sex cult? It's just not going to happen. I don't think that adopting a child... I don't think it's a straightforward process. I think there's a lot of bureaucratic hoops you have to jump through, a lot of preparation that has to be done. I think you have to show that you're going to be a really great parent and that you have thought carefully about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and that you have the resources to raise the children and the right morals and values. And, and it's not like once you get the children, that's it. The support is switched off. I think you're monitored for a reasonable amount of time to make sure that it's a good fit and that you're getting along with the adopted children and that they're being supported and then their needs are being met and that you are responsible parents. Like There's a real duty of care there to make sure that when they're adopted, they go to safe and supportive homes. It is complete madness that Lisa would think that they could ever adopt a child, let alone two children, with the intention of doing what I think she's planning to do. I also thought it was crazy how quickly Lisa's whole mindset has changed about the idea of having sex with close relatives. 24 hours ago, she was freaking out about even having to be in the same room as her Aunt Judith in the awareness that they would know that they'd been involved in orgies within the family. But now, on the drive home, she's already thinking about inviting her mother over for cocktails. <laughs> Next week! And we know it's not just cocktails. It's cocktails and then an orgy. She's not inviting her over just for a casual visit. This is a sex visit. It's a very odd thing to do, I think, to invite your parents over for cocktails. Cocktails, I think, are an inherently flirtatious drink. Nobody drinks a cocktail at a funeral, for instance. Nobody drinks a cocktail at a business meeting or down the pub on a Sunday while you watch the football. A cocktail is a drink for a certain type of occasion, and it's weird that you would invite a parent over for a cocktail rather than, say, for a cup of tea. I think if you invite them around for a cocktail, there's a little bit of unspoken subtext there, which in this case I think we can assume means orgy. And doubtless Dan will be pleased with that. I mean, he's probably sitting in the car going, result, yes, banging the mum next week. I've had the auntie, now I'm going to have the mum. Brilliant. But I wonder what the mum will think of this. 
we know that Edith made a conscious choice not to raise Lisa as part of this family. She probably never wanted Lisa to have anything to do with it because it seems like once she met Lisa's dad, Oliver, she deliberately distanced herself from her sister and from all of those people. So I can't imagine it's going to be particularly welcome news to Edith that her daughter has been to the cottage, banged Uncle Richard, that her husband's had sex with her sister while pretending he was having sex with her, and now the two of them have invited her round for cocktails under the pretense of propositioning her for sex. I don't think she's going to be best pleased. <laughs> That's just uh, an inkling I have, just a hunch. But there we are. We'll never know how how that goes down with Edith. Unless maybe a, a dirty old man has written another story which features these same characters. There's certainly plenty of stories in his back catalogue that are incest slash taboo as their kind of genre. They're like tagged with that as like the main type of story it is. So there we are. Season two wrapped up. It's been a heck of a ride. As I said at the beginning, this story took an unexpected turn. I knew there were going to be some incest elements, for sure. One of the reasons I picked it was because I thought that that incest element would give us a kind of flow-through from season one, where we had a bit of incest between Helen and Sasser, the two sisters who were the slave masters of Lisa. Lisa 1, not Lisa 2, the one in this story. So I knew there would be some, but I wasn't prepared for the reality of that. <laughs> and it shocked me a little bit. So I hope that you enjoyed listening to me be, I suppose, increasingly less flabbergasted and surprised and outraged by what is clearly a distressing, uncomfortable and deeply troubling scenario for so many reasons. There's obviously the emotional discomfort with the idea of having a sexual relationship with a family member. That's one thing. There's also the awkwardness of a big group scenario, which has its moments of embarrassment. There's also the big age gap between many of the participants in the sexual activity we read about in this story. And most of all, I think, there's the frankly criminal element to this story, where it seems like there is a pattern of institutionalized child sexual abuse which has perpetuated over several generations, to the point where the victims of the abuse are so indoctrinated into what can only really be fully described or accurately described as a sex cult, aren't even aware that what they're experiencing is abusive. They're so used to it that this kind of unusual, disturbing behaviour is all that they know. It's completely normal to them. And I think that's an element which is really only touched upon a little bit in this story. There's almost just suggestions on the fringes of the text. But it doesn't take much reading in between the lines to see just how dark things get beneath the surface of this family. And while I think we've had fun reading this story, we've laughed a little bit about the scenarios and made light of things to some degree, I do want to say, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. And, you know, in a way, even having this as a kind of fantasy is kind of fucked up. And while I don't have any experience myself of child abuse, there are people in my life that I know who were abused as children, and it's a really damaging thing to have experienced for them, and it's something that stays with them throughout their whole lives, and impacts them in all kinds of unexpected ways. 
So I do think it's important to acknowledge that the adults in this story, no matter how much this is presented as a kind of sex-positive environment, they are all complicit in what is essentially a child abuse ring, and they're responsible for potentially a lot of suffering. And I guess I should say that if you've been affected by anything like this, if this story affected you, then I encourage you to look into getting some help if you need it. I do also want to say, though, that I firmly believe that this is a work of pure fiction. I don't think that a, a dirty old man in PHX1 is describing a real family or drawing from any real-life experiences. I don't think that they are involved in any kind of child sexual abuse scandal. And I do believe that when it comes to writing erotic fiction or even just having fantasies in your head, that people have the right to fantasize over whatever they like. And they should be able to write whatever kind of stories that they like, even if those are things which wouldn't be acceptable if they were carried out in the real world. I think it's important to understand the distinction between a work of fiction and the grisly reality. And we're allowed to enjoy the fantastical fiction while at the same time deploring the reality of a situation like that if it were happening in the real world even if only because it makes us think about what is and isn't or should or should not be acceptable. And I think there's plenty within this story which, well, you know, it's moderately acceptable within a fictitious setting. I think it's abundantly clear that almost everything that happens within this story is far from acceptable in the real world. If you've enjoyed this story, then please check out the author A.A. Dirty Old Man in PHX1 by going to literotica.com and searching for their username. I want to add that the one at the end of their username is a numerical one. Um, <laughs> how to describe that? Uh, I guess it's not the number one spelled out O-N-E, it's just the number one as a Arabic numeral, if that makes sense to you. So, AA Dirty Old Man in PHX 1, the Arabic numeral 1. <laughs> I hope that's clear. Um, if you head to Literotica and manage to find AA Dirty Old Man in PHX 1's profile, you'll be able to see all the stories they've written there and peruse them at your leisure. If you've enjoyed this season of the podcast, then thank you for listening. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast. I hope you'll rate the podcast, maybe even leave a short review. Recommend it to friends or family members if you're really brave. And I hope you'll join me again in a very short time for season three of Let's Get Sexy. It'll be a new story. And I think I said at the beginning of this series that since we've done a lesbian story and now we've done uh, a heterosexual story, I think it's time that we did a gay story. So I think I'm going to start looking for a gay story, a story between two men, I mean, to bring to you for series three. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I will wish you a very good week and a goodbye. The Country Cottage Cottage Yeah You may now fuck the bride <laughs> What a line Jesus <laughs>